I'm Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and in this edition of the Breitbart News Daily Podcast, we start with Stacey Abrams, who forced healthy children to mask up for a photo while she, an unhealthy adult, went maskless. Does any of this make sense? Actually, probably more than you think, and I explain. The Joe Rogan saga continues. The cancel mob actually did find some uh, racist jokes, or at least one racist joke of his over the weekend, plus a lot of N-word usage, which led to the CEO of Spotify apologizing to his entire staff and more censorship, etc. However, Rogan so far remains on the platform, at least for now, and the podcaster has apologized yet again for some old stuff, and I reinforce for the 700th time that this won't really work or hold the cancel mob at bay, and we'll see where it goes, but a lot of interesting details to report. The war on police in our major cities is getting darker by the day, it seems, and I give a shocking statistic to prove that. More Americans have defected to China for the genocide games, and they're having less than stellar results. And the Canadian truckers are still the greatest bright spot in a world full of depressing news. We cover all that in the opening of the show. Our guest today is Congressman Mike Waltz, a longtime China hawk who's attempted to put an anti-China ad on NBC, which is the broadcaster for the genocide games. And the ad features Ennis Cantor Freedom, who is the NBA player, and it was rejected. So we discuss what he did, what he tried to do at least, and where do we go from here in the efforts to push back against the CCP, which does seem to be taking over at least mentally and economically so many of America's biggest corporations. And then we turn to the great white north for our caller of the day. All that ahead, but first I want to tell you about AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, their conservative advocacy and benefits organization, with more than 2 million members and counting. It's become one of the most important conservative organizations in America, bar none. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. So stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. So join today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. Let's start with the Stacey Abrams, which made my weekend both hilarious and infuriating. Uh, the photo of her that was posed where she went to a school and she sat down in front of a group of masked seven-year-olds and she smiled with her big grin and um, her she was uh, posing with a bunch of children who were forced to wear masks. Uh, this is something that is one of the truly unbelievable things that has gone on during this pandemic is that even though we learn we learn very early on the cloth masks don't do much and the children are not great vectors of the virus are not getting particularly sick when they get sick um, i think the latest variants i think the kids are passing them uh, more frequently particularly omicron but um, perhaps other variants as well that we don't really have a handle on yet the kids are passing it more often but again the severe illness for kids uh, is is very low uh, and the fact that they were asked to wear these pointless cloth masks that don't stay on their face, they slide down their face, they're not worn properly. Uh, and uh, other, of course, hygiene stuff with kids are just, it, it's unbelievable. Anyone who has a kid who goes to daycare or to preschool knows that you're constantly bringing home viruses and diseases. And to suggest 
that these um, made in China cloth masks are going to be the key to stopping this pandemic if applied to children has always been insane. But the, the fact of the matter is that the Democrats know this and the left knows this and that did not stop Stacey Abrams from uh, putting out this photo that she posed for. She said she showed up and she had a mask on. She gave a speech and took the mask off and she posed for photos uh, where she's torturing these children. And uh, she is not the picture of health. And I'm reluctant to do any fat shaming on the show because it's just not a good look. Um, but in the photo, it is very striking because she knows nothing about health. There's, it's obvious that her priorities are not about living a healthy lifestyle. So uh, for her to be a standard bearer for uh, the issues of health by demanding that children wear masks that she does not have to wear. Here's the thing is that I, I looked into it. Is she not putting all these children in jeopardy? Is she not? I mean, she's got a massless face, which means she could be spreading the virus to these kids. And I, I looked into it during the show, and I was trying to figure out what is the death toll of the children who were there in this photo with her, and I could not f confirm the number. I don't know. I don't know the number. I have no idea how many people died from Stacey Abrams uh, posing without this mask. It is an unknown number, and I will continue to try to look into it, and I'll keep you posted. But as of now, we don't know. We don't know how many, how many kids she killed. We don't know. But she's in the hot seat because she's probably the most uh, important Democrat politician other than, you know, Joey the Biden at this point. She arguably gave the election to Biden plus two Senate seats to the Democrats because for community organizing prowess. And she's been, you know, hyped by the establishment media and she's been hyped in the publishing world and she's hyped everywhere and uh, largely for good reason, because she uh, figured out a way to beat the system. She took Barack Obama's community organizing values and strategy and ramped it up to an 11 to great effect. And her campaign's now saying, trust the science. She's going to run for, she is running for governor in Georgia. But are you not outraged by this? Those of you who have been paying attention at all to the patterns with this virus that the kids do not need to be wearing masks and this woman being around the kids without a mask, uh, it, it was something to behold. It was something to behold. But the photo was uh, put out by her campaign and then deleted because she didn't get it. She didn't get that this was not a good look, that she gets to be free and the children have to be tortured. Those of you who are frequent uh, listeners to the show know that I have a three and a half year old named Master Marlo. And he is, well, we've been looking around for preschools for him, and it's tough because there's a mask mandate in the county that I reside in. And they want the kids to wear masks, and we visited the preschools, and the kids don't wear them properly. Some of them don't wear them at all. And the ones that are worn are generally not good ones. And by generally meaning 100%, they're not the N95s that are effective because uh, most of the children don't get, get, uh, don't get those. So the absurdity of having kids wear masks is not something we will tolerate. So uh, thus, it, we have not enrolled him in a school. Why? Because we don't want to go along and encourage him to uh, slow down his own development while also being tortured. It's just not something we're interested in. Yet the adults in our society, particularly those in blue areas, they believe this is appropriate. Stacey Abrams, no mask, in terrible health. Perfectly healthy seven-year-olds wear a mask, and then they pose together. So these kids are also used as props for her gubernatorial campaign. And it had to be explained to the Abrams staff that this was not a appropriate thing. And she put out a big bloated statement afterwards, people going crazy for it. And why wouldn't they? This is a big moment for her career because it really could be a big step backwards. 
She blamed her opponents for using Black History Month for a false political attack. It's classy. Because it was a Black History Month reading event. And so any criticism means you don't like uh, black people, I guess. No, we don't like hypocrites who are in terrible health who torture kids. That's what we don't like. It's very different. And are anti-science freaks. If she believes in the mass, then she's killing children. Or at least she doesn't care if she's killing children, right? And if she doesn't believe in the mass, then why are you torturing kids, Stacy? Why? And I will say, which will annoy some of you, uh, any of you who decided the appropriate response to the obviously not 100% above board November election from 2020, not 100% above board, that's all, that's all I'm saying. For you to say, well, we're going to uh, opt out and give two seats to Democrats in the state of Georgia for the Senate, that was a mistake. Give her all that power. By the way, if Republicans had won those seats, then it would be very easy to block any Biden Supreme Court nominee. And then now there's a, it's going to be, it's not necessarily a slam dunk, but it will be uh, almost certainly that Biden will get the Supreme Court nominee he wants through. Again, there, is, there are always exceptions to that rule. And we'll, of course, be looking to turn over every stone at Breitbart. But that is all um, consequences of giving Stacey Abrams the power to pick Senate seats in Georgia. And now she's up for the gubernatorial race. And if she wins that, then she'll be on the fast track to maybe having mass kids taking photos with her as, as at the White House. Could be coming up. So I just hope this makes a difference. It might, because these uh, the, uh, photos tell a thousand words or images or pictures, whatever is a picture is a thousand words, worth a thousand words, whatever the quote is. But this is worth uh, at least that and then some. It's actually, I'm looking at the kind of comment count of Breitbart News. A, a photo is worth about 30,000 comments um, between all the verticals we've had on the, at Breitbart.com over the weekend. But is the clarity of this maybe helpful? Because part of me is uh, loathes this. Part of me is actually somewhat happy about it because this has to send a, a signal to the rest of the world that the Democrats cannot be trusted with too much power because what they will do is they will control your children while they all act hypocritically. I mean, think about it with Gavin Newsom, who's out there in California, and Eric Garcetti, L.A. mayor last week getting caught massless. And then uh, Garcetti said he held his breath. Literally, he said he held his breath when he was around Magic Johnson because he didn't have his mask on. They don't believe in the mask because the mask didn't work. They didn't work, and we still wear them. So it's just another reminder that you should all be very difficult if anyone asks you to wear masks. I'm not saying if you think you've got the virus and you've got an N95 on you, by all means, uh, try to stay home. But if you have to go out, wear, wear the best mask you can get. But just about other than that, you don't need them. So uh, allow us to be logical. But I'm interested to see if she has any long-term lasting consequences from this. I hope so. It just also reminded me how big Joey Biden now he wants to change the focus of his administration to curing cancer. Remember, he said he was going to cure cancer a couple of times, um, which is enraging. There are several oncologists, which is cancer doctor in my family. And so I have a network of cancer doctors. They, they, they don't talk about it that way, just to let you know. They don't talk about cancer as something that you cure. Like that's not the way it's discussed. It's sort of, a, it, it, the framing, it's not framed that way. It is framed in terms of identifying it sooner, treating it better, redu reduction of symptoms, improving the techniques and the therapeutics that are necessary, but it's never thought of as something that you just, you wipe it out, you just vanquish it. 
Not to say that it couldn't be like that one day, but I've never heard a conversation along those lines by people who actually know what they're talking about. But Big Joey says we're just going to cure it. Um, one cancer doctor said to me over the last few days when um, I brought up with them that Big Joey now wants to change the focus to curing cancer. This cancer doctor said, well, if he was so serious about that, then why did he keep the lockdowns going when people were missing all these routine cancer screenings? No doubt leading to later diagnosis, which makes a much worse prognosis for them. I think good point, but you think Big Joey cares? It's all political with him. The U.S. Department of Health has ended the requirement for hospitals to report daily COVID deaths to federal government after the toll surpassed 900,000. We have this being written up at uh, Breitbart right now. So you'll see that this morning. I'm reading from the Daily Mail at the moment. Um, The CDC is going to continue to collect data, but the U.S. Department of Health does not demand that hospitals report the data. Why? Because the numbers are just as bad as they were a year ago after Biden's shut down the virus. So death toll is almost identical for February 5th, which is the last day we had had, uh, data. I'm sorry. Um, The the case is almost identical and uh, deaths are a little bit lower. But uh, deaths were, just as of a couple weeks ago, were uh, significantly higher than anyone would have ever anticipated and pretty close to where they were a year ago. And cases are still close to where they were a year ago. So they need to start figuring out ways to not get things reported accurately. Because if they're not reported, then there is a chance that Big Joey can survive the political fallout of failing in this core promise to shut down the virus. So you got to cheat. He can't win the right way because he can't shut it down. He didn't figure it out. And his strategy of mass and vaccines only clearly didn't work. The no therapeutics, no learning to live with the virus approach uh, it has not worked. Um, speaking of the virus, we have a lot of reports at Breitbart from what's being uh, put out on social media, which is fairly limited from some of the insane lockdowns in the Olympic Village. I- I'm not going to be talking about any of the Olympic games aside from the political elements of it. Uh, I have no interest in it. Generally speaking, I'm not a big Olympics guy, but the fact that they're taking place in Beijing and uh, American companies are part of the problem here, NBC, Comcast, Universal in particular. But the indulgence of American companies, and we will mention all of them at Breitbart, and I'll probably read them out in the show, who have some sort of sponsorship in the Olympics, is truly endorsing massive human rights abuses. And, And China continues to get to skirt on the pandemic, which has killed millions of people around the world. But the uh, hellacious quarantines, and a lot of teams are, according to the AP, raising concerns. Well, one a Russian biathlon competitor, Valeria Vastnestova, uh, put out an Instagram post saying that her stomach hurts. She's very pale. She has huge black circles around her eyes. She, all, she just wants it to end. She cries every day, and she's very tired. And she talked about disgusting dinners of plain pasta with an orange sauce, charred meat on a bone, a few potatoes, and no greens. Sounds good for top-notch athletes. Today I ate all the fat they serve instead of meat because I was very hungry. Yum. My bones are already sticking out. I have no clue if she's being overdramatic or not, but um, there's not good and there's no, there's no coverage of it. It's only whatever can leak out in social media, which of course will be discouraged. Uh, there's a report that China is keeping the Winter Olympians in unreasonable quarantine, or there are many reports that they're keeping in unreasonable quarantine conditions. But again, people are largely silenced. There's very few reports that are coming out, even though the quarantines are pretty strict. Now, one of the reasons why is because China controls these things. But another reason why very little comes out is because we've got a Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who says stuff like this. Play cut three, please, Haley. 
I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. To their reputations. Oh my gosh. Wow. One of the quotes of the year, the young year, but that, that will be in the writing for clips of the year. Uh, literally anti-American. And I, I, I said that right away when we first played that quote, and I've heard very similar sentiments since then. Literally abandoning the First Amendment. Do not speak out against fascism because you could get your reputation damaged by Xi Jinping and the communists. Of course, Pelosi's uh, son and husband make lots of money in China, and her position on China got softer the more money she made out of China. So she was traditionally more hawkish than your average Democrat and then kind of softened and softened. And now we're here. Um, even Al Sharpton is slamming her for keeping quiet on abuses of athletes in Beijing. But it's the, again, it, it almost annoys me because, I mean, Sharpton's not part of the solution here. Maybe he is. Maybe he is this time. Maybe I should be more optimistic. Maybe I should be glad he's saying anything. But I do roll my eyes at this stuff because so these people are empowered by... They empower Pelosi. She does all this stuff where she's making money off China and going soft on China, going soft on dictatorships. And has been one of the main leaders in the country as we've gotten more and more entwined with Beijing and the CCP. Where was everyone? It should not have taken this long for people to realize China's bad, which does frustrate me. Okay, next thing I want to bring up is the latest in the Joe Rogan saga. Uh, Joe Rogan was getting a full cancel mob. The full force of it is out now and it's not going to stop. I said this from the beginning. It was not going to be a quick news cycle and they've unearthed videos of him saying the N word dozens of times. Uh, it's all out of context and I'm sure a lot of it has to do the comedy bit, but there was one story that was brought up that is not good. And that is he likened the movie, the planet of the apes to Africa, which I don't know how that is going to play. I think the only reason, actually, this is a little bit of a boy who cried wolf thing because that's kind of a horrible thing to say. He said, I was telling a story in the podcast about how me and my friend Tommy and his girlfriend, we got really high. We went to go see the Planet of the Apes. We didn't know where we were going. We just got dropped off by a cab. We got dropped off in this all-black neighborhood and I was trying to make the story entertaining and I said, we got out and it was like we were in Africa, like we were in Planet of the Apes. I did not, nor would I ever say that black people are apes, but it sure sounded like it. Yeah, it does. That's a problem. And I think that the media is actually having, uh, I know they they are weaponizing this, but they're probably actually failing to weaponize as much as they could because they just cried so much wolf about stuff that he said that wasn't so bad or stuff that people said in his podcast or really wasn't so bad. That's a pretty bad one, I have to say. I don't get that one. I don't get, I've been on air a lot. I have thousands of hours, I would imagine, if not many, many hundreds of hours, well, well over a thousand hours, I would say. You don't have to say stuff like that. You really don't. It's really bad. I'm interested to see whether or not that that anecdote in particular gets more legs. And I'm saying I'm not saying you should lose a job over it by any means, but I'm saying people have been canceled for a lot less than that. Like you got dropped off in a black neighborhood in Philadelphia and you said this like Planet of the Apes. I mean, there's, I don't know. Uh, that one's tough to defend. 
if not impossible. So he did what he's been doing, which is trying to apologize to the mob, which of course does not work. I've got a long cut of it and I don't want to play all of it, but let's get a taste of it. Cut two, please. I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast, and it's all smushed together, and it looks horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the N word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. I was also talking about how there's not another word like it in the entire English language because it's a word where only one group of people is allowed to use it and they can use it in so many different ways. Like if a white person says that word, it's racist and toxic, but a black person can use it and it could be a punchline, it could be a term of endearment, it could be lyrics to a rap song, it could be a positive affirmation. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now. And there's another clip that I have to address. There's a clip from 11 years ago. I was telling a story in the podcast about how me and my friend Tommy and his girlfriend, we got really high, we were in Philadelphia, and we went to go see Planet of the Apes. And we didn't know where we were going, we just got dropped off by a cab, and we got dropped off in this all-black neighborhood. And I was trying to make the story entertaining, and I said, we got out, and it was like we were in Africa. It's like we were in Planet of the Apes. I did not, nor would I ever say that black people are apes, but it sure sounded like that. And I immediately afterwards said, that's a racist thing to say. I deleted that whole podcast, but obviously somebody made a clip out of it and taken out of context. It looks terrible, but it looks terrible even in context. And I was just trying to be entertaining. I certainly wasn't trying to be racist. And I certainly would never want to offend someone okay, for entertainment. It's, a, it's a very cringy. And I, you know, I, 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 look, it's the, he's obviously getting targeted because not because people actually think he's racist. People, he's being targeted because he's successful and he says stuff the left doesn't like. So we all know that. Um, but he is just going along with a lot of the cancellation as are the folks at Spotify over 130 episodes of his podcast have been deleted now. Daniel Eck, the Spotify CEO, is a person deeply committed to the left, um, though he stood by Rogan sort of so far. He apologized to his staff and pledged to invest $100 million in content from marginalized groups after backlash over the uh, Rogan podcast. So he's going to have $100 million, which is what Rogan's getting paid for his contract towards marginalized groups. It's just all absurd performance art, all of this. I just don't think that you should ever apologize to the mob. It just doesn't work. Do you think Rogan will ever be forgiven for this for, by the woke mob? No. Have the woke mob ever forgave, forgiven anyone? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who National Review wanted to be president of the United States for whatever reason, who's not on the right even, 
um, has gotten some backlash because he threw Rogan under the bus, even though they're friends. And then he had some transphobic tweets, so he's getting canceled for that. That's why you don't play this game. Like, who would ever want to play this game? Who wants to play the cancellation game? It's just so bad. All around. They like bleeding Rogan out like this, figuratively speaking. That's that's much better for them than some sort of a quick cancellation. There's a long, drawn-out one where they're uh, unearthing Plan the Apes videos. Man. This is a cancellation dream come true. Big Joey loves it also, because we're not talking about all the horrible stuff that's going on. All right, a couple other ones I will point out quickly. A U.S.-born skater who defected to Team China, China blasted after last place finish. Chinese uh, the Chinese Olympics fans are very upset about a skater named Zhu Yi, who's actually born in California but is competing for China and got last place figure skating. That's pretty cool. I think that's funny. I've been complaining about all these athletes who benefit from the American system and then go compete for the CCP. Well, uh, here's one who competed and got last, and then now the CCP says, you could have her back. Um, we'll have some updates on the Ottawa convoy, which is expanding throughout the world, particularly in Canada. The truckers, we love our truckers. We only have the best truckers. But lots of great on-the-ground footage for us at Breitbart News. But the Ottawa mayor, who has no kids, is, said it's disturbing that they set up a bouncy castle and the kids, a, a bouncy castle and the kids are having fun at the protest. Isn't that great? So they keep wanting to be violent, and now they're mad because there's a bouncy castle. So that's pretty good. A report on police killing has shown that the most police have been killed in the first year of Joe Biden's administration that we've seen since 1995. The Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, LELDF, President Jason Johnson said, we believe it's a combination of the George Floyd protests, riots, if you will, a general feeling of a preference of less law enforcement and less prosecution and less policing. Yep, I think that's it. I do. Adds up. A BLM protester gets only probation for attempted arson of a Minnesota school. So that is the connection there. Sending a clear signal that we are not a country that values law and order at this point. Makes it much more dangerous, including for the bravest. Uh, among us, those are the thin blue line between chaos in our cities and uh, security. As a father of three with limited time, but still a desire to stay in shape and to be healthy, I love to work out, but from home, and Echelon Fitness has brought the home gym to me. If your New Year's resolution is in the fitness realm, they can help you with that as well. They have world-class instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown choreographing classes with music that you love from your favorite artists. And you get a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can give you that extra boost. Echelon Fitness is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. They have an app with thousands of live on-demand classes with terrific music from all your favorites. And you can do this anytime, day or night. It's there for you, ready to go. You can climb the leaderboard, you can cheer on your friends and others in your community, and it's just a great time and a great way to get in shape. So supportive, engaging, and fun instruction in a full range of affordable workout equipment, including stationary bikes, rowers, they've got really cool fitness screens, a treadmill, all this is available for you. It's around the clock and something I cannot recommend enough. And right now, for a limited time, Podcast listeners get up to $650 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text DAILY to 81. 81- 
8181. Text DAILY to 81881 to get up to $650 off MSRP. Text DAILY to 81881. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details for Echelon Fitness. guest today is Congressman Michael Waltz, who has done some really important work to raise awareness about the threat of China. And he had a very interesting, not quite stunt, uh, because I assume he wishes the ad would actually get on the air, but he tried to put out an ad on NBC that was critical of China and uh, it got rejected. So the Congressman from Florida and a former Green Beret, uh, long been a China critic, and he teamed with Ennis Cantor Freedom, tried to put out a ad to uh, try to condemn China for the tax on labor camps and attacks on the Uyghur people and others and just flat out blocked by NBC and I wonder why oh yeah it's that sweet sweet commie cash that NBC is getting right now with the genocide games so we talked to him all about that and he's got a lot of clarity here uh, sadly I do wish we had a few more recommendations of where we go from here but uh, you'll definitely want to get his take as someone who's thought critically about these issues for a long time let's play my interview with Congressman Waltz Congressman, great to have you on. Uh, I want to ask you about the efforts to put some ads and some of NBC's coverage about the truth about China when we're doing this Beijing genocide games. Uh, tell me what ad you wanted to put out there and what the reaction was. Well, yeah, you know, um, Inez Cantor, now Inez Cantor Freedom, the NBA player, Boston Celtics player that's taken such a strong and bold uh, stand against Chinese genocide and calling out Nike and and LeBron James and so many others who was complicit, we both put an ad together uh, uh, called the Genocide Games uh, and listed the company sponsors. Americans need to know that Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, Visa, Intel, uh, many companies that, that frankly preach good governance and social sure. justice and contribute to social justice causes here at home are absolutely complicit in the genocide that's going on in China, and they are backing and funding uh, these genocide games uh, that are going on right now, which is giving the Chinese Communist Party a massive global propaganda platform. And uh, our ad uh, sought to, to bring awareness to that. NBC came back at the last minute. It was actually supposed to run tonight uh, during the Olympics, and they came back and said, well, We'll run it. You just need to basically completely rewrite the ad and take down all the logos. Uh, it was essentially a non-rejection rejection, um, uh, and 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 a form of censorship. And uh, it, it, you know we're gonna we're gonna call them out for it too. What other companies do we need to know about? Because this is one where I want to name all of them uh, if we can, because this is, uh, I think, increasingly becoming clear to me that this is the problem: is that the people who are making money. Uh, in China are the reason why we're not having a frank discussion about this on a broader level, why China's getting away That's with right. literal murder. Well, yeah, everybody's everybody's on the take, right? I mean, these companies right. are politicians, Hollywood, our sports industry, academia and universities. Uh, they're all on the take. And so therefore, they're all quiet or they're silent and they're complicit as China openly talks about replacing the American dream with the China dream, talks about being the global dominant power uh, in the next decade and brutally, uh, brutally cracks down on and represses any type of free speech or dissent 
uh, in its borders, right? So many of these companies, you know, they talked a big talk when it came to things like apartheid in South Africa, but I guess they weren't making as much money on their balance sheet now because when it comes to a million Muslims in concentration camps and then forced out literally into cotton fields where they're producing cotton for companies like H&M and Nike or sugar for Coca-Cola or, um, or computer chips for Intel, then they're all quiet. So Intel is one of them. Uh, and by the way, we just passed a law that said, you know what, if, if components of your product were made with slave labor in China, you can't do that. That's kind of wrong. Uh, Intel notified all of its suppliers in China and got such a backlash uh, that they ended up backtracking and apologizing. We all saw that J, uh, uh, J.P. Morgan and Jamie Dimon said, you know, I don't know how long the Chinese Communist Party is going to last with the way it's behaving. Backlash, and he apologized. And we all know what happened with the NBA when they had one coach say, tweeted, I stand for freedom in Hong Kong, where people were reading the Declaration of Independence in the streets uh, in Hong Kong before the brutal Chinese crackdown. The Chinese Communist Party threatened to cut the NBA off from their market. They threatened to fire the coach until he apologized and deleted the tweet. And it's just a taste of what's to come if President Z realizes his dream of becoming uh, a, a deep dominant global power where they can then cut off our pharmaceuticals, our supply chains, uh, our critical minerals, our computer chips, unless we comply. So they're using economic warfare to subjugate us, and they're doing it slowly. Uh, and American companies are complicit because the CEOs are just worried about their next quarterly earnings. Well, one thing that I uh, bring up from time to time on the show uh, is I'm a, a fan of the um, movies Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is a couple of really good versions of it. But the whole thing is we're always in a race against time from the pod people start outnumbering the normal people. And yeah. the problem is with China is because we, if you accept uh, the premise that we're in uh, what they call a hundred year marathon, uh, Michael Pillsbury wrote a terrific book about this that I recommend to the audience, sort of essential reading for this audience. We're 50 or 60 years into this thing. And it's just sort of dawning on people this week, Congressman, that uh, this is bad. And there's too many American companies that are on the take. And that's the problem is it does feel like the pod people are starting to outnumber the normal people, the people who actually don't have a problem with what China does. They can criticize, you know, Republicans in America till they're blue in the face, but they ignore literal genocide and not to mention a global pandemic that's coming from China, because if they do criticize it, they'll lose endorsement deals. Uh, this unfortunately seems to be the reality right now. And assuming you agree, at least in part, how do we reel that back in? How do we come back from the brink? You know, I mean, at, at some point, we need um, some morals and principles and standards uh, from these CEOs and these boards, right? I mean, they seem to find it all day long when it comes to our domestic politics, um, but then ignore it uh, uh, over there. Uh, so, so, so that's one piece. I think the other piece is, look, there are all kinds of places, um, you know, I prefer that it be made in America. Uh, I prefer that those supply chains come home. Uh, but if it doesn't make economic sense, look, we can shift it to India, to Malaysia, to Australia, to the Philippines, to Vietnam even. Um, there are a lot of places. Uh, there is a difference in cheap, cheaper labor so that your product can be competitive and literally modern-day slavery at the end of a barrel of a gun. But then there's the geopolitical piece too, and that's where you know we, I've made a lot of headway on the Armed Services Committee. Um, we can't be sure 
that the computer chips that we're getting that are going into our jets and tanks and planes uh, and ships uh, haven't been infected uh, with malware uh, and with certain sure. types of hardware uh, that the Chinese can use later. And that's not out of a science fiction book. That's a real problem, and the intelligence uh, that we have supports it. So you know, whether, it's, whether it's deliberately infecting or things like the fact that the Chinese now control 90% of the world's lithium, cobalt, and graphite, which are the materials for batteries and battery storage, um, uh, you know, we can't have them using those supply chains to choke off our means uh, of, of production. So you know, in the Armed Services Committee, I'm actually demanding uh, and putting it in law that things have to be made and sourced in America. So corporate America can either get on board and begin uh, shifting those chain, that, those production out. Again, I prefer the United States onshoring. But if not, then how about allies and democracies and what I call allied shoring? But if they're not going to do it, we're going to direct it. And Congressman Michael Waltz is with me, Michael G. Waltz on Twitter. Uh, I think that this has to be a priority, and unfortunately it's not enough for folks like me to encourage my audience to try to buy American stuff, which I've done and will continue to do. It does, I think, need to be some effort from uh, the leadership class uh, to try to make some th- uh, some new, to, to reset our thinking in this regard. But it won't be easy because American businesses, unfortunately, don't That's right. see themselves as, as American businesses. They see themselves as global businesses, and that involves dealing with China. And even though they're very judgmental about you know what happened um, with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter in the United States, they're not very judgmental about what goes on in China. Uh, how do we make headway? Well, is there an argument that you see that is convincing to to people like this, or are they yeah, just I so think bottom so. line? Uh, yeah, I think you're, Go ahead. No, I think you're absolutely right. We can't we can't rely on on corporate boards. They're just worried about their next bonus and their next quarterly earnings, right? Um, this has to come grassroots. This has to come from the American people. Uh, I think the awareness is growing. NBC's viewership for the Olympic Games is like half of what it typically is uh, because Americans are waking up and they have a conscience. They're also in the wake of COVID uh, and the cover-up of origins and, the, again, you know, the fact that, that China actively threatened to choke off our pharmaceuticals. Um, I think has been a real wake-up call, but we have to vote with our wallets. Uh, and the theme of my ad is when you see Made in China, put it down. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people want to talk about defunding the police who are trying to protect our communities. How about we defund dictatorships? Uh, and, and I think it's, it's, it's spreading that awareness. And what you're doing is incredibly important that the Chinese Communist Party is in economic warfare uh, against the United States. Uh, they want us to capitulate economically way before there's any type of, of armed conflict. So that it's, that it's almost like a checkmate, kind of like what we did to the Soviet Union, what Reagan did to the Soviet Union in the 1980s, where they just threw up their hands and stepped aside. That's the version of victory that the, that President Z talks about. And don't take it from me. I mean, read his speeches where he talks about replacing the American yeah. dream with the China dream, right? So that's, you know, we have to vote with our wallets, uh, and then the companies will listen. So, Congressman, you're not new to being a China critic. You've been pretty much hawkish on China, I think, as long as you've been mm-hmm. sort of involved in these issues. Uh, but mm-hmm. are you? Are, do you feel like you're reaching any of your colleagues or any people who are uh, in power in this country lately? Because I am cautiously optimistic that the the, the Beijing hosting the genocide games is somewhat backfiring, at least in terms of a PR. It just seems like a lot of the world is being forced yeah. to. Uh, confront some of these issues, at least on an intellectual level. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think, it, and sadly, uh, this should be a completely bipartisan issue. This is an American issue, uh, one that, you know, it, it represents a threat to our basic values of, of human decency and free speech and free press. But it has become somewhat partisan, but I hope that comes around. Uh, and I think part of that was Trump derangement syndrome, right? Just, you know, when, when President Trump took a tough stand on China, when he kind of had a wake-up call that, that that we didn't have true free trade, that the scales were tilted against the American worker and company, that they were stealing the way to the top uh, by stealing our IP and our technology. Of course, the Democrats and progressives just ran the opposite direction reflexively because anything Trump said, uh, they, they wanted to do the opposite. Even Nancy Pelosi, who used to be really tough and hawkish, uh-huh, that, the, the, exactly. the Dalai Lama, right? right. Suddenly now uh, has taken a different tune. And oh, by the way, I do think uh, has something to do with the fact that her husband in the late 2000s became heavily invested in Chinese companies. This is exactly Remember, where I wanted to go speaker, next. She was yeah. a speaker in 06. And, but this is how, this is an important lesson. This is how the Chinese operate. They see someone who's taken a tough stand on Tibet she became the speaker in 06, and then suddenly her husband gets offered all of these investment and business opportunities. Uh, and so if they can't confront you directly, they buy you off. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and that's what they've done just across our political class, universities, sports, you name it. Yeah, Congressman, I want to play this audio for you of Speaker Pelosi uh, imploring Americans yeah. not to speak out against the Chinese Communist Party. Let's play cut three. I would say to our athletes... You're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. Congressman, your reaction? Well, yeah. You know, first of all, that's why I was the first member of Congress to call for a full boycott. They shouldn't be there at all. And if she's that genuinely worried about their safety, then why are they there and why didn't she join me in that? Point one. Point two, I wonder if Pelosi would have taken the same stand if the Olympics were being held in, say, South Africa uh, uh, in, in the 1970s and 80s during the height of apartheid. Would she have told the athletes, don't speak out against apartheid, just be quiet uh, because, you know, you just need to be there and play sports? No. In fact, she backed the IOC's boycott of South Africa. And not only did the mm. International Olympic Committee not allow any games in South Africa for 30 years over apartheid, they didn't allow South African athletes themselves to even compete. And all the companies and all the political class, Maxine Waters uh, uh, leading the charge, We're all for that. But again, when it comes to Chinese genocide, they're all silent. And the only difference that I can point to that makes sense is the amount of money involved. Uh, It's it's so interesting if you think about it. I mean, she if if the games were in Russia, do you think she would say the same thing? Of course not. I mean, it just seems like it's a uniquely Chinese thing. And as you pointed out, and Peter Schweitzer, my colleague at Breitbart, has an incredible book out on this topic, is that she did soften her position as her family got more uh, intertwined with China financially. Yep, that, nope, that's absolutely right. And we can start walking down, um, whether it was her and the Pelosi family or the Biden family. <laughs> I don't even think we've scratched the tip of the iceberg 
in, in, in their complicity, perhaps even illegality, because um, I can tell you, I can promise you, the Chinese government doesn't give you a billion dollars as they gave Hunter Biden uh, to invest in shoestring factories. They want robotics. They want artificial intelligence. They want advanced materials. And many of those types of things are restricted because of their military use. Uh, uh, I think there is uh, a lot more to be learned uh, in, in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is what they do. Uh, we just, uh, as you, you know, we pointed out, we had Jamie Dimon uh, of J.P. Morgan. You know, all he said was, I, I don't know how long the Communist Party is going to last. Uh, it got, got blowback, and now he's falling all over himself apologizing. Um, wow. and we've seen athletes do it. We've seen actors do it. Uh, Hollywood. It's it's just really sad and pathetic. And it's not just a moral issue or a jobs issue. It's now it's now a national security issue. Congressman Mike Walter, really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks so much, and really appreciate you staying on it. Okay, so pandemic's winding down for some people. Some of you are getting back out into the real world, making some memories and a great way to encapsulate it. It was with a professional hand-painted portrait of any photo of your life from Paint Your Life. It's paintyourlife.com. And it's something that you can capture a moment on a vacation, a great moment like a birthday or an anniversary or a wedding. Maybe it's your kids playing a favorite sport, a pet, my absolute favorite a special place in your life you send in the photo or a combination of photos and they work with you to be able to create lasting art by real pros it only takes about five minutes to set this up and about two weeks to get your ultra high quality art back to you really user friendly to get this custom hand-painted portraits and it's just just so easy and it's so enjoyable also a great gift i definitely recommend it. it's something that could be a surprise for a birthday or an anniversary or a wedding and it could be personal and something that people can really cherish forever and these artists just just know these they just know their stuff bar none at paintyourlife.com there's no risk if you don't love the final painting your money is refunded guaranteed and right now as a limited time offer get 20% off your painting that's right 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer text the word breitbart to 64000 that's breitbart to 64000 Text Breitbart to 64000, paint your life, celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply, available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Breitbart to 64000. Right, as noted over and over, the bright spot in the news landscape right now is what's going on with the truckers in Canada who have, I think, uh, raised attention to the draconian lockdowns and COVID policies uh, in not just the West, but uh, throughout the world by just simply gathering, organizing, and having a good time while they're doing it. It's been pretty inspiring. And we turn to the Great White North for our caller of the day. It is Daryl, and hear it right now. Just a couple of things. I mean, I wanted to definitely thank you guys. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, even Fox News, because it's the only real way we can actually get uh, positive coverage uh, with, with a lot of our political issues, but especially with this convoy. It was quite refreshing to see that because here it's downplayed so much, right? Like, it's it's just a small group. It's not a big thing, and they're highlighting all the negatives a part of it. Like, one thing that stood out was defiling a statue of uh, Terry Fox, I don't know. I think you know who he is. He ran across uh, uh, Canada for the, for the fight of cancer. 
Um, they put a flag on his shoulder, a hat on his head, and basically the media was saying he was defiled and it was disrespectful. And it, it really wasn't, and, and you know how they how the media actually does that, but ignores the fact that they put so much coverage on, uh, you know, spray painting uh, Sir John McDonald's head all red, knocking heads off statues. Uh, they even had to box them up so they wouldn't even get uh, damaged. Talk to me about the Canadian coverage because I keep reading that this is super dangerous and things are out of control and um, there needs to be a state of emergency declared. In fact, there has been a state of emergency declared in Ottawa. And But then I talked to Robert Krychek and he says, actually, everyone is so nice and they got the bouncy house out there and everyone's having a great time. And it's so what is it? Is it somewhere in between or is it – and how is the news portraying it? No, it's not. I mean, like I said, I, I've got friends down there sending pictures on Facebook all the time. They're having a good time down there. They're trying to ex- just express their point, right? And, I mean, that's the second thing I want to talk about. Like, we had a, an, like, there's always a battle of the government and the indigenous up here. And the indigenous, they block railroads. It's federal. I mean, it's against the federal law to do that. They block railroads. We had the Black Lives Matter marches downtown Toronto where Trudeau went and took knees. And he heard the points of, of, of the the protest but here it's the same thing but only in a more friendly fashion if i if in my opinion but he won't even give him the time of day you know it's just such a double standard with that it's unbelievable right he's running away from them and it's actually they just want to hear the point i think the more coverage we get out to people that show that there's more people that are against these mandates uh, it, it may change more people's minds but they're only highlighting the media only highlights all these mandates and how they're so good and everybody's on board but they're really not you know and, and it's you know i go down to see the news um on your folks sites and it's refreshing saying these are the you know more of the things we need to follow yeah and, and and i feel so sorry for you guys because you guys really don't have your own um uh, conservative media you've got people who try and they fight the good fight but there's very few it, it is very limited um, so do, are you yeah. seeing the protests uh, the pop up other places? Do you think it was going to grow a lot, or is it still kind of Ottawa's the c- central hub of it all? Well, I mean, that is a central hub because that's where, they're, that, that's where they need to express that point to, you know, the, the government there in, in Ottawa, right? So that's where they want to get their voice heard. I think that's where they're going to get their voices heard of every, anywhere in, in, uh, in Canada. Um, I mean, definitely all on the west side um, from Ontario west on. Um, it's very conservative, and, uh, you know, we all understand and agree on this side, but it's, it's the kind of that eastern side, especially, um, you know, Ottawa, that we need to get the point across to. Like, you know, most the majority of the people do not support uh, how we're being controlled, told how to live and how to act, and where we can go. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that's the, we need to get the point across to to that condensed area, and that's what they're doing, and they're doing it in the most friendly and amicable, amicable way, and uh, it's not being portrayed that. You know, I mean, if you go to like, if you know people and you go to their Facebook accounts, you talk to people that are actually down there, it's not what the news is reporting. Um, you know, yeah, that's, that, 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 that's been my impression. Statue, and that's not right. I got American parts. That's all for today. Thanks to producer Haley and Greg Eben, as well as Robert Marlowe, who helps me pick topics. And thanks to all of you who've told 10,000 friends and family members about the podcast and maybe uh, hit that uh, five star review, left a nice comment. All that's very helpful. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Eyes, I'm in love.